and welcome to Come Agers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Katie. And today we are looking at the amazing country of New Zealand through mm. the eyes of one of the world's most interesting directors, I would <laughs> say, <laughs> as we look at Hunt for the Wilder People. But first, as always, we discuss the most important question of every episode. What does everybody have to drink for today's episode? Back to Four Roses today. Just mm -hmm. bourbon in the Very big nice. shot glass. Very nice. This might be a winning recommendation. We, this is like one of the top three recommendations ever. Commenter Brett Buckridge recommended a lime Ricky for Ricky Baker. <laughs> And and added benefit, it's delicious. I also asked Jim to make it this yeah, time and so, so that it would definitely for be those, good. So you, know, you finally so I wouldn't right mess it up. So I wouldn't Jim mess it up. That's exactly it. right. You can I find did purchase the limes. Apparently, there's some. You know, it, it can be either made with bourbon, which it was first made with mm -hmm. in apparently 1880, mm -hmm. but in the 1890s, it became very popular with gin. Mm. Um, and it's also a very popular non-alcoholic beverage. You can make it without the booze. Yeah. Obviously, mine has it. And so, okay. basically, it's a half a lime. Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. A small nice. little splash of simple syrup, mm -hmm. uh, bourbon, mm -hmm. and uh, what's it called? Soda water. It is right. refreshing. Yeah. It is a perfect spring-summer drink. It's what I would be choosing to drink in the bush of New Zealand. <laughs> Um, well, you didn't even you don't I even like have to, to go to New Zealand. No, you could just drink it right where you I like are. To call it drink it right Gondor. where you are. Oh yeah, no, no, or I mean, in the bush drank, of Schuylkill County. I wish yeah. I had had this and not I mean, Skippy Get Naked. Experience. Skippy Get Naked feel like a cheap version of this, where yeah, it's like powdered exactly powdered lemonade, yes. beer, and I vodka. Think, yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. exactly what that is. Is this a British drink? Where'd this come from? You know, I want an origin story. That's another podcast. All right, to be continued. To be continued. I'm just drinking ice cold in the freezer. Oh. Aluminum can. Aluminum can? Bottle, 16 ounce <gasps> Miller Lite. Oh, I want it. Ice cold. It's the only way I want to drink beer. Yep. Ice cold. It has to be in the, right in the, the aluminum can. Yes. Really? Yes. Changes everything. The best. Changes yeah. the freezer, everything. Life changing. I don't know. I feel like a, a ice cold in a glass bottle is really uh -uh. good too. Something there's something about the aluminum bottle, mm. aluminum. You can. know what? We aluminum can all bottle. Agree on the plastic bottle that they have at sporting no. events. Horrible, awful. Stop that. Don't do well, that. Well, you know it's weird. Less is plastic. That, yeah. Anyway, just stop it. The plastic. Done, yeah, the way, I think they're they still... going mostly to what you have. It's okay. Such a better idea. Awful trend that was. Um, all right, it is time hmm. for the rundown. Do 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 do. Do, 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 do. We just got to get do, you on that electronic keyboard and let's oh, just cut it. Let's, let's just it. cut a new sound. Let's bite just do it this that. weekend. Hey, mm -hmm. we're coming up on 150 episodes. Let's some, just some, make some new, new stuff, make yeah. some new art. Um, So Ricky Baker loves haiku in honor of Ricky Baker. The rundown tonight is in the form of haiku. Meet Ricky Baker, a foster kid with no home. That is until now. New aunt and uncle make their home his and get him a dog named Tupac. Auntie dies. Heartbreak. Broken family or new start. Unc, Ricky, two dogs. First, an adventure. Through the bush, 
a test of knack. A test of their love. Huh? Good job. Boom. Four <laughs> haiku. I love it. That's the movie. I, that, was, that is... I don't know much about haikus, but I, I find that to be a high quality mm-hmm. haiku <laughs> that you were running. Brian, we're getting some commenter questions on the the origin of this film. Would it have been released to theater? How do we know of this movie? Can we get a little background? So uh, I think it definitely it was probably in theaters, but I, I'm not a small. wide release. Yeah. We this didn't was... know him enough then to no. know that we should watch this movie. So. Taika really obviously took off. Well, first of all, this was at the Sundance Film Festival, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it, it would have screened, but more than likely in limited release, my guess in the U.S. Certainly it would have screened overseas. Um, New Zealand has a pretty thriving film industry. I mean, yeah. a lot of people think of it from just locations. Obviously, it's where all the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. But were that done basically and, created a studio system there. Yes. When well, they, they put did. that there and it's and it, it's exploded from that point. But he was what we do in the shadows was kind of his mm-hmm. big thing that people love. But movie yeah, and this series. Is, is that true? Well, it's a series now. It's okay. Different. It was a but movie was first, but it was a yeah. movie okay. first. Yeah, this is certainly an under the radar one. This is I, I shouldn't say under the radar. This is one that you would have to be a real cinephile or, or somebody who was into it. Well, then I think once he if released you find Taika, right, right, right. So I think it Jojo Rabbit, this. absolutely. Yes. Folks have heard of, right? It, yes. Oscar nominated Oscar winning. Did it did it win a, it an Oscar? Won. We have to look that up. We got to look that up. I think it. Um, no. So that's how Certainly we discovered nominated. this film was that we watched Jojo Rabbit. And became immediately intrigued by the visionary that created that situation. Well, you're and missing. That's how we found Hunt for the Wilder well, People. Well, it, but I mean, this movie and, and obviously what we do in the shadows were the inspiration for Marvel to get him. Yes. For um, Thor. for Thor. Yeah. In, in terms of stock. It's interesting because there's an argument to be made now that between Taika and Chloe from uh, Nomadland that Marvel as a studio has some of the most interesting modern directors under contract. Yeah. You roll, roll in Ryan Coogler, right? Um, Yep. Then you have, I mean, they're a pretty interesting band of people uh, involved and that's not even going into the Disney plus shows that have, you know, a wholly unique kind of group running them as well. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, this was, but this was, yeah, unless you're really Mm -hmm. into film, this is the type of thing you would have seen if you were in New York or LA, Philly probably actually, and maybe Boston, you know, but you're big, Cities, but only playing with art houses. Yeah, yeah, right. Those types of places. So Taika did win an Oscar for Jojo Rabbit for best adapted screenplay. I was going to say, okay, I knew it was. So now he he is officially an Oscar winner. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I. So we've only watched two of his films. This is number two, three for me. Oh, I haven't seen Thor yet. I need to. Um, but I I dig I dig Taika. I'm into him. He's doing another Thor right now, and then he is doing a Star Wars movie. Which yeah. is going to be super. He did. He did work a lot of work on Mandalorian too. He did. Yes, he did. He, he directed, directed a couple, and he starred 
And yeah, yeah. He was he the was first the, season. He was the, the robot. The robot. Right? Yeah. Taika so Watiti, we would like you to come on the podcast. We really like your name and like your movies even and you more. You pronounced it right, Katie. Which is I, like really I love impressive. his name. Yeah. It took me a little while to get it because I wanted to keep saying Tahiti. <laughs> Taika Watiti. Have you ever heard Keenan try to say it? Oh, dear Lord. On, on, uh, no. I think he's gotten much better at it, but that was a thing for a while. Uh, okay, so let's do grade of the week. Mm-hmm. All right, we I think we are all kind of giving it away slightly that yeah. just in our tone that we enjoy I like it, this film. But, I like it. But uh, let's give it a grade. Jim, how about you first? Where I, the toughest grader of yeah. the group. Mm-hmm. So where are you going to put this on the spectrum of Comager's films for this year? I am making it a B, a mm-hmm. solid B. It is not life changing for me, but it's really I really enjoy it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, my, what this does to my heart and soul makes this film an A for me. Mm-hmm. I love every moment of this movie. A. I am going to go with an A as well. Yeah. I think this is actually, it was A or A minus, but it, I think it is my criteria to bump something up a half a letter grade is, is could I watch it again almost immediately? Yep. And I think I could watch this film probably again tonight or tomorrow and would be completely okay with it. I totally agree. And by the way, super accessible at only an hour and 40 minutes. Yep. So, I mean, it is it is easily watched in one sitting. Yeah. And it's actually readily available on numerous streaming. Yep. We found it on Hulu. And it's on Netflix, which oh, is fantastic. where I watched it. Fantastic. So, I mean, it's 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 um, which I think is a testament to what he's becoming. Yep. because this would this would usually be one. I think that would probably have been a little bit harder to find, but it's become very easy to find now because of all of the notoriety he's getting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen this movie, watch it because uh, we're going to talk through the whole thing. We're going to talk about the end. And so this is the moment. Hit pause. Go watch the movie and then come, come on back. back. Come on back to us. All right. Let's do it. All right. So, so let's start out with one of the reasons I think it's an a potentially a film, which is it's just originality mm-hmm. um, and kind of being a film that has a distinctive voice and feel to it. Uh, you know, we talked about with without remorse uh, as a film that had some points that were good when we talked about it recently. But we also stressed that it felt like a lot of other movies that mm-hmm. it lacked originality in many ways. And this film is on the other end mm-hmm. of the spectrum for me in terms of that. Agreed. I mean, from the very <laughs> the opening of the film. I love that the film has chapters, right? Mm-hmm. That frame cards. Yep, that frame sort of what's about to happen. Very, a very Wes Anderson-esque mm-hmm. vibe at points yep. to what happens in this movie. But then the soundtrack to this film, the score is almost like 80s child adventure. Like there is a lot of synthesizer. <laughs> yeah. There's and there's a part that sort of reminds me of the Goonies, like Chester Copper pot feel mm-hmm. theme. That like, yeah. Anyway, I, there, there's just so much. Uh, th- this movie is both immense and very small at the same time. Like, yeah. There, it, I, I love 
the landscapes of it. I love their like the epic car chase. You know, there are helicopters. Like there are there are things you don't expect in this movie. Very you think surprising things, right? Right. It, you just expect it to be a story about like a kid. So, you know, basic premise is foster kid bumped around family to family to family delivered by this social worker who becomes one of the best characters ever in a film. Um, you know, child services, pseudo, ch- child services, pseudo police officer in, you know, well, no, that's one of, like of the a, jokes. Is right, right, right. She, she's not she with, she's she's playing, with the police officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's he, with a police officer acting like a police officer. Yeah, and anyway, he's like, what love her, doing? love her character. Well, um, I thought of that. You know what I loved about that? That reminded me of so many like nineties movies yeah. where you would have characters acting like police officers who weren't police officers, like David Caruso and Jade, if you listen to... Oh, gosh. Uh, we just listened to yeah. yeah, we yeah. just listened he's to like, He's yep. like, is he's he a cop? He's the DA, is the he, assistant yeah. DA. acting like you're a yeah. cop. Like, everybody's yeah. a cop in a 90s movie. Like, if you're a lawyer, you're now a cop. If yeah. you were a teacher, you somehow turn into a cop. And I love that play yeah. on it. So, I mean, to me, when, when she drops Ricky off at the beginning, I don't think you get the feel that, like, she's going to be a recurring piece of this story and sort of right. become, like, a, a villain kind of character. She's, like, a, a, you know, a dark, comedic kind of villain. Yeah, and so you, you get her dropping him off at, the, at this house out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody. He's clearly a city kid. Um. And she basically sets the stage that he is a bad egg, which is the title of chapter one, um, because he's always hitting things, stuff, stuff, hitting stuff, graffiti, burning stuff, kicking stuff, spitting, spitting on stuff, spitting. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, it's one of our favorite lines. We he's use it wearing all the time. he's wearing ridiculous clothes, um, giant fluorescent hoodies. Yeah, that zip zip up, up his the front. face. <laughs> but the. And and it is played by Julian Dennison, who, if anybody has seen Deadpool two, uh, he is in that as Flame Fist. Is that his character's name? I forget. Um, and he's fantastic. But at this moment, you are not sure like what he's all about. So he does seem a little bit of a quote unquote pain in the ass. Yeah, and and but you so you kind of get in his shoes as well as foster mom's shoes right because you can tell he's a city kid and he is showing up it is clearly the middle of nowhere right like they have their own water barrel they are living off of the grid right completely and it's an older couple i love the scene where the guy that he will end up calling uncle sam neil comes up over the ridge with a warthog on his back. Yeah. So all you get, the first thing you get of him is the warthog's head. It's such a, like the introduction to character in this film is outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. I also like the idea that, you know, the like, okay, Ricky, this is your home now. This is your home. Um, so after Paula, the, the foster mom runs up and just gives it, no, not Paula. Sorry. Paula is the, the police officer or the <laughs> child welfare services. Uh, after Bella runs up and gives him a big hug, she's got a ridiculous cat sweatshirt yep. sweater on. It's amazing. Um, he he gets out of the the car, walks around for about thirty seconds. Everyone's quiet, just kind of looking at him. He turns around, walks, gets back in the car, and shuts the door. Yep. Like, oh my god! Yeah, not not happening. So not, good. Not be here. I I love the beginning of this film. Yeah. So you know, again, it, uh, to me, it. It sets it up as a as a sort of small story, right? Yeah. Of like a kid meeting a new like foster family and see where it's going to go. 
you never yeah, well, expect this film to turn into like an epic like adventure right. odyssey. So what, what did you think at this point, Brian? Like, what did you think it was going to be about? Well, I mean, not what it was. I purposely had not read a lot about it. So mm -hmm. I knew that it was going to be Taika who has mm -hmm. a, a vision or a sense to him. I didn't realize it would. I think Katie perfectly plays it off like there's small moments but then those expansive moments like me to watching this movie i completely understood why he was perfect for thor as a character yeah and like thinking about like thor ragnarok now watching this movie it's like it, ricky to thor and and the moments yes. in like rat like that to me i'm like i don't get it and there's something about kevin feige with Marvel, I like I, I don't he sees these things and some of these directors like I can translate this into this big budget thing. But he had it because you would probably think like this little New Zealand movie. How does this turn into yeah. what might be the best MCU movie? So but if we it, look, it's there. If yeah, we like talk right about there. that for a little bit, like Ricky is a ridiculous character, right? Thor is an absolutely ridiculous character. And he makes them so human, like in Ragnarok. And then, then what what Taika does in Ragnarok with Thor transfers over into Endgame and and Infinity War because I mean he's turned that into a character that's actually you're intrigued. With, right. Which... They well they become Ricky and both Thor are so uniquely themselves that like you can't so like the. <laughs> Let's talk about like the first night Ricky's when Bella's putting him to bed and they're talking. I, I think at that point well, they they start eating dinner and you just all you see is Ricky eating dinner oh, yeah. and then you realize that Heck and Bella are just watching him eat. Yeah, yeah. On the other side of the table. So again, like perspective, you keep getting, you keep flipping between the two sides of like how how awkward this situation is. Right, but Ricky's not even seeming awkward about it. Like it, you you quickly get the you quickly come to understand that he is not uh a tough city kid who is a problem. He is just someone that is like caught up in this this child welfare system that is kind of had a shitty raw deal. And you know he's a sweet kid. Like that, even when he lies to f seem more tough, it comes off so like funny and adorable. That the acting job that this kid does is amazing. Incredible casting. Yeah. The, there is something about like everything about him. The physical size of him paired with his very boyish face, like very childish face. It, it's perfect. Yeah. His eyes are so expressive. And I love, like, you're absolutely right. You get the sense of who this kid is immediately. But he also is resisting them, right? Yeah. And so uh, he he runs away on the first night, right. right? Like, he runs away. And so you get this scene of him, like, stumbling through the bush in the middle of the night, you know? And I love he, he, the scene of him waking up with the zipper zipped up over his face. First of all, he's confused. Well, he forgets that he zipped his well, hood. Well, first, he cut, it cuts to... <laughs> morning and he's laying on the side of a hill with the hoodie zipped up over his face and a dog comes up to him and starts licking his hand and he freaks out he's like oh, oh. <laughs> and and then that's when you see bella and she's like you 
Well, it's a good thing we found you. You made it 200 meters and she turns around <laughs> and the house is like right over her shoulder. And then she just says like, you know, Hex making pancakes. Yeah. Come on back. And so it begins this pattern of him running away every day <laughs> and then coming back for breakfast. Yeah. I love this film. Have you, have you, can you tell? I love well, this it's film. the, I, what I love at points is the ability to work in the absurd. Yeah. But in, I don't know, but yet still keep it grounded. You know what I mean? Like so many of the secondary characters are ridiculous. Yeah. You know, the like the hunters that they keep running into and stealing stuff from the, the you know, the some of the cops that we see more Taika himself as the minister uh, minister. They're uh, psycho Sam, which yep. is who he usually works with. Uh, Reese Darby. Darby. Um, yet it feels not ridiculous in the world that he's created in this movie. And I think that's like a really tough balancing act. Like, cause sometimes you, you want to go for like absurd and it turns into something awful, like Chevy chase and nothing but trouble. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh like I'm going to create this like crazy world and these people are going to be there, but it's still going to feel we, that's not at all. You get over the top, funny moments yet you still feel enough reality that yeah. you're bound to this relationship between the two of them that's being built, which is the central piece of what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. I, you know, I think that there are these larger than life moments, but they don't detract from the, um, the empathy that you create with these characters. And, and it is their like rough around the edges -ness that makes them feel real. You know, I, this, I was asking Jim, I'm like, what else has Sam Neill been in besides Jurassic Park? Because all I could do was compare him in Jurassic Park to him in this. And to me, this is incredible acting for him. I love him in this film. I think that he's, he's breathtaking um, as this super crotchety, middle-aged man who doesn't seem like he is at all on board with there being a teenage foster Can't kid. read. Right. Like he, he, he does not seem to be, have any hand in this decision. It seems like his, his wife just decided this was a thing that was going to happen and he's trying to not be involved. Um, and it, it just all feels so real. Like his character feels so real. And I love seeing the, the relationship that develops between the two of them. What about, you know, I always find this interesting and I, I don't know if it was involved in producing it, but I, I love movies made in other countries because the U.S. is obviously enormous, so we don't do this. But there's like cultural money and they have film societies that donate like the and as a result, you get to see a lot of the country and the visuals mm -hmm. of it. And you get, I think, for Americans, at least this exotic view of New Zealand, mm -hmm. which I think most people quite often confused with Australia and mm -hmm. they don't right. realize they're two separate countries. But also I felt like the cultural aspect of some of this stuff was intriguing. Um, you know, having my brother-in-law and his, my, my sister-in-law is actually from New Zealand. She was born there and my niece and two nephews, they all live in New Zealand now. So, I mean, it's yeah. Um, so I know a little bit more than the average person, but I just love the way he, utilized the landscape and showed 
probably a different aspect maybe of his own country than we would probably know. Again, most people know like, oh, Lord of the Rings was filmed there. Um, but you got a different vibe or feel to what the culture of New Zealand was like. In this. Yeah, we remember, Brian, back in our, our film days, we watched uh, Once Were Warriors. Yes. With... Um, with uh with uh, boba fett boba fett and Django, yeah Django but, fett yeah um he uh yeah and so like it's interesting because it's a totally different movie but and and you have lord of the rings which showcases so much of the natural beauty of new zealand but also cgi's crazy monuments so crazy, and things so, yeah, over so, it this movie has moments where you're just flying over the the kind of countryside and the mountains and the, and the hills and, and rivers. And it is beautiful. And I, I don't know. It fits this story because it does, it does. It, it is trying to me. It like, it's putting in perspective, this small little story between these two people and how, at least for me, the, the kind of thing that I love about this is that Tyke is not interested in saying like, let's talk about the injustices of the child welfare services. Really what he's saying is like, like look at two people who don't fit into the systems that they're expected to and like how they can find each other and just be more happy together outside of that than separate in their own little, you know, in whatever, you know, Sam Neill in normal society and, and Ricky in child welfare in juvie or child welfare services. Well, and it's also speaking larger to the just you know what happens when you hold people with like care and yeah. understanding, right? Like because you get the story that Bella and Heck both had difficult upbringings mm -hmm. and and became each other's right support right. system, and so Ricky enters into that. And he's just another misfit, right? He's another right. misfit, and they're, they're yeah, a and they're, band of misfits. There are some serious moments that are, that like the characters almost don't even realize the gravity of like what they've been through. Like when Ricky tells the story about his best friend being killed, yep, he doesn't really even register what he does, or he and he's not letting on. He's just kind of like playing it off, like he's it doesn't bother him that much. Um. But yeah, there there are some emotional moments in this movie that, it, but it, it's not overboard. It's not, it is not anything that it feels very real. It feels to me, it feels realistically like how someone would bring up that conversation and mention it and then kind of like move on because they don't want to dwell on it or, or explore how they feel about that. And, and I think Taika does such a good job with that, with keeping character consistent um, you know, the way Sam Neill reacts in those moments, the character of Heck, it, it, it stays, he stays the course, right? Like he never strays outside of what that character would do in that conversation. Um, you know, you see, you do see some growth, but you could also say it's just a little bit of opening. You know, well, it's, it's more like, like he realizes he's starting to realize the, like the connections that they have and he trusts sort of the like the logic that Ricky has, like he starts to understand Ricky and he understands why he makes certain decisions and mm -hmm. why he says certain things. Mm -hmm. And he, they, they kind of learn how to speak each other's language. Yeah. yeah. But, but then intermixed in that is just 
insert absurd purely laugh out loud stuff. Oh yeah. The oh sequence my God. when Ricky is like describing what heck made him do and it's sounding <laughs> oh like he's God, molesting. Yes. Oh, awful. That, but that's but the funny thing is like that is to me like timeless comedy. Yep. Like yeah. you talk about like where can you get a sequence that you could pull out of a movie and you don't have to see I think of like Fletch almost like there's some sequences in Fletch that you could pull out and just laugh at it. You don't even yeah. have to it could be a skit on Saturday Night Live. That could be like a skit on Saturday Night Live where you don't have right. to know anything about yeah. characters, anything minimal setup, and it will forever make you laugh out loud. My, yep. I, so because we're talking about the comedy, I want to bring up my favorite. Oh my the scene that makes me laugh the hardest in this movie and I know which Katie's is because I witnessed it too. So, and we don't. <laughs> I told you, you should have audio recorded it. It could have been a new soundbite for us. I laughed so much in this movie. Yeah, but the the scene where the cop and the um, who I love, by the way, the yeah, cop, yeah, the cop is just the, kind of like uh, I don't know what oh, I'm doing he, he, in this situation. Eating trail mix. He does not want to be here. He's yeah, so good. He, they, him and Paula, the the social worker finally catch up to Ricky in the middle of the bush and they are separated by what seems to be a creek but it's got like some pretty steep banks and so Ricky's on one side and they're on the other and the scene starts with them saying alright well there he is let's get him and, and they're like Ricky Ricky and they're yelling at each other and he's like I'm not going back and he's like, and she's like alright let's go get him and the guy's like it's pretty steep and she's like okay um, yeah Ricky you come over here like you take you get, you come over here, you know, crawl across. And he's like, no, I'm not coming back. And she's like, what does she say? You, you, uh, she's like, I'll get you. I'm unstoppable. I'm like the Terminator. The Terminator. And he says, no, I'm like the Terminator. <laughs> Sarah Connor. No, and she goes, she goes, yeah, no, I'm the Terminator. And you're like Sarah Connor. And like in the first movie, before she could do chin ups. <laughs> I laughed so hard at the chin-ups line that, uh, I, yeah. And then she repeats it later, yeah. and that's well, what you no. see her testifying yes. to in court. Yes, <laughs> it's part of the transcript. The part of the transcript tra in court. The official transcript's not to be believed. When, when like, Rick, so one night Ricky sneaks off after they save somebody, and he gets, like, big, and he's, like, and then he came to our house, and he ate something, and he fell asleep. Oh, yeah, I had a sausage. God. Sausage. Is that the scene that I laughed the hardest at? No, the scene you laughed the hardest at is when <laughs> when they decide that they are going full on into the bush and they're going to run. Okay. <laughs> and the music starts and you see everyone searching and then all of a sudden you see these plants and they part and Ricky's there with like camouflage like on his face and everything. <laughs> That's two different scenes, but they're both outstanding. Yes. The two of them beginning the running. And oh, then, right, like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, and then stopping and being like, yep. we, we should probably not run. And then Ricky on his own. Yeah. Yeah. After, after he, the uh, uncle has broken his ankle. Right, right. He, and he's, do he's doing the camouflage. <laughs> but I do think it, it has, a, it also has, I, I was thinking of movies like uh, people on the run movies. And there is something wholly unique about even this like when i'm thinking of ones uh, you know you they're not going ones, anywhere i but i mean even just like the way in which he does it there, there's vibes of all these other ones and they tend to be like really serious movies like if you want your really serious kind of avant-garde one you have like terrence malick's badlands yeah you have you know the the reference point of thelma and louise when he's kind of driving the car 
you know, you could get something like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You could get something even a really modern one, which was fantastic with Daniel Kaluuya, which was Queen and Slim. So you have all these, but then this one just plugs into a genre and it's wholly different. And And, it's just like an awesome addition to that type of movie. I also love that he is, Tyke is not afraid to be referential and even call to mind because he realizes the comedy in that. And he does it amazingly with another people on the run movie, which is fellowship of the ring. The scene where him, where heck and Ricky are laying back against like the bed of, of, of a road and the cops it, all in black are passing above. And, yes. and he tries to the fir- Well, the, the first time I saw it, I literally said to Katie, oh my God, it's like Lord of the Rings. This is like Lord of the Rings. And then he turns to heck and goes, it's like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and he's like pretending to put the ring on his finger. And heck is like, I have no idea. Like in his face, it just shows he has no idea what he's talking about. But it was hilarious. I love it. Well, he, well, he should be watching HBO Max, which currently has all the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings. HBO mm. Max sponsor us. We watch <laughs> a lot of. I watch a lot of movies on you. Yeah. There are there are so many like tiny little nods to other oh, other yeah. films or even just genres. You know the scene where he meets. So uh, Ricky has to go for help because they discover a man in distress oh, in yeah. one of these like cabins in the woods that it seems to be a, a magical hut. They place. They call it a hut. Where there's just like, there's always food it's a hunter's, there for a taking. Hunter, it's yeah, it's like a anyway, hunter's, uh, it's like a I forget they call it. Open home system. Yeah. Very nice. Anyway. Well, very cool there, by the way. Like I've yeah. seen a Gordon Ramsay episode, like they dig holes and kick in New Zealand and cook the food underground wrapped it's in. Wonderful. Some awesome. People stuff just leave food and, for each yeah. other. Anyway, they find a guy who's in a diabetic coma. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so one of them has to go and get help. And so it becomes Ricky because he doesn't want to stay with the man who's uh, <laughs> weird. In, in, <laughs> yeah. Weird. Having an emergency. Um, and so when he stumbles upon the people who live at the bottom of the hill, and it is a teenage girl on horseback, on horse. slightly older than him. Yeah. yeah. And so you have this role reversal, right? Where like typically, yeah. you know, that would be the man w- riding in on the horse to save the day. And you get the sunlight coming through her hair and everything slows down. It, oh, it's genius. It reminded me of it's Wayne's genius. World when, yes, when, when yes. Wayne sees Cassandra. Yes. Oh, my God. They do What's that ver- actress's name, please? Tia Carrera. I loved her. I loved her. And Dreamweaver plays. And, yes. and, like, yes. and yeah. she's shaking her she's, head. Yeah. Yep. Very good. But there was also like elements, and maybe this is just me, like I thought about it, but like just Ricky in terms of his clothing, or his like music yes. references and stuff. I'm like, is this is a kid in foster care who's getting stuff like secondhand or so he's so dull. This is like made in 2016. And he's talking about stuff from like 1997. Yeah. Is, he's like, best, his, he's yeah. my best friend. Well, so I'm wondering, <laughs> yeah. like, is do you know what I mean? Like, it's like I, and maybe this wasn't the case, but I'm like, I could completely see like he's getting things secondhand mm-hmm. or like old CD, you know, because he's in foster care moving around because it's not. Or modern he's, like hip hop references. Do you know what I mean? It's right. Like, or he's it, listening to like older people yes. discuss like the heyday. Because he doesn't sure. have right. Right. Cause Cause he, he was in a friends. home that probably right. had teenagers yeah. I, like, and he was younger. Little, yeah. Like that, like that alone makes it funnier. And yeah. maybe it shouldn't, but like no, he's like no, to be a gangster and stuff, and he's not referencing anything from the last two decades <laughs> yeah. in music. Is what I he's love going the conversation with. after after they give him the dog. Uh, they they cut to Bella. Well, they cut to Bella putting him to bed, and she says, 
what are you going to name the dog? And he's like, I don't know, something really fierce, like Psycho or or maybe Tupac. And she's like, what's a Tupac? And he's like, he's like a really awesome rapper. He's like my best friend. <laughs> that line. Oh my, like, oh, my God. And that line specifically, I think, is placed in the moment in the movie where if you understand the cultural reference of Tupac, you immediately fall in love with Ricky. Like, it is that moment he's for me. He's the rose from the concrete. Right. He is that moment. That that moment where you realize he has no effing idea what he's talking about, but he really doesn't give a shit either. Yeah. And he's super endearing. Yeah. I think that this movie is a masterclass in walking the that line that we talk about on tone because there are so many pieces in this film that could have gotten like yeah. a little too dark, a little too serious, right? Where you can't really like course correct from it in, back into the lighthearted and he blazes this path that's just freaking perfect. I mean, you know, the idea of this like city kid and a middle-aged guy surviving for weeks. I mean, months, months in the bush yeah. with no, you know, no help, basically. You know, th it, that could have gone to a really dark place, right? But they always, they're, they're always able to find food. They're, all, they're always able to like take care of themselves. Nothing ever gets like, too huh. hairy. Well, right? he he explains that to the to the girl when he goes when he goes to their house. The the teenage girl. He says, uh, "Yeah," and she's like, "Oh, I've seen you seen you guys on TV." Is is he's like, "Oh yeah, me and Uncle we've been in the bush for months." And she's like, "Is he nice?" And she's like, "He's like, yeah, um, he's pretty much the greatest bushman in the world." Um, and I learned everything I everything from him, so we're pretty much tied now for greatest bushman in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. But you know, one of the things I think helps with with tone, and I thought a lot about when we saw when we were watching uh, Life Aquatic. Yeah. When you create something visually and stylistically and everything that feels original and there's no tropes or cliches or the cliches are you lean into it like the Lord of the Rings yeah. reference. Yeah you're given a much broader range for tone, yeah. right? You feel like, whereas if it's a cookie cutter movie or a book, like if it's a big blockbuster, no, we got to throw in a funny line here. And you're like, no, like Will Smith in yeah. Independence Day. You're like, no, this isn't, this isn't funny. You realize like, this is where you had to have the funny line and it doesn't work for me. And that tone shift is weird. Where yeah. if it's something like this, where you've created something that feels like a unique world, you're willing to give people room to move because yeah. this feels so right. well, special and different. It goes back to all the things that we've talked about when we talk about comedy, which is, you know, in things like Spinal Tap, the characters are not trying to be funny. In the moment you're talking about in, in um, Independence Day, Will Smith is trying to be funny through his character. Right, where he's like, I, when he punches the thing, like, right? Is that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, welcome to Earth, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he's trying, is. the character is trying to be funny. And with nobody around, by the way. Real comedy <laughs> is watching, like, characters interact in funny ways that they are oblivious of, which is why things like The Office became so incredibly popular. And people still watch The Office right. now, like kids, like high school kids I yeah. teach, and they have no, I mean, this is, it's 15 years ago, so the cultural references aren't there, but you're so right. They right. still get 
the vibe of what that show right. is about. And so if you truly know your characters and you truly develop them and lean into them and understand what they would say and what they would do in certain situations, you can walk the line because you know what Ricky would say and what he wouldn't say. And he is the type of person that would say, shit just got real. And the audience knows that too, because you've done a really good job of describing him up until this point. And so like, that is not a laugh out loud line right. because he's saying it. It's because his character can say it in a 100% real way. And we believe it. Yeah. Well, and I think those characters, you know, what Brian's talking about in terms of give, giving the story a lot of birth, um, when you get that really good exposition of your characters, you know, we understand the stakes for both of them. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when, when they're put into these scenarios that other folks might see as life and death, the, the stakes get lower for them. Because for Ricky, his worst case scenario is ending up back in some different yeah. home right, right? and so like dying in the bush with uncle heck in a blaze of glory yeah well, it's his jail yeah, right? like that. Heck is, <laughs> right heck like, is going to jail and heck's so right that. so the needle has completely moved right and and therefore like eating weird animals and well and then in the woods and then with psycho sam who is this this character that they come upon who's been living for, what do you say, 15 years up there? Uh, yeah, something ridiculous. And he doesn't dig the... He, he's yeah, supposed to have a secret tunnel, he and he doesn't have it. it. Have you heard about the guy living in the woods? Named Psycho Sam? Psycho Sam. And they're like, no. Nope. And he's like, well... That's my, No, he, he doesn't say that, which is hilarious, because I think at that moment he's like... He wants... No, he's like, I don't know what to say now. And so <laughs> he says, heard of me? well, my name's Sam. <laughs> I'll leave it up to you to think if you know oh my God. Yeah. and so like they you know putting them in contrast to someone who is out in the bush who has truly lost it I thought was a nice touch um you know which is funny because he's sort of like deus ex machina because he he gives them the car that starts the final the final chase um and it is it is really absurd but he but also it's not even, but it isn't though because it doesn't get them out of it Right? No, but he's a so, plot device because sure he does he does hook Ricky's phone up to the battery, which which he allows helps get them caught. Right, right. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't realize that he's trying to help Ricky out and say like get him a better signal, and I he know. does. But it's it's great. It's yeah. a great piece of that character's story of right. all of the things he's doing to avoid well, being I, detected. Right. But yeah, it's it's beautiful. I beautiful also irony. love the idea that Paula was so obsessed with the idea of getting the stingray, which is this cell phone technology that allows them to pinpoint them. and she's like now we're talking like tell me about that like her character is amazing and they've if you've seen soul they have basically transported her into soul her character her she's in soul she does the voice of the character that is in charge of trying to find the the, uh, the soul that's run away 22 22 right, like, right. yeah and it's basically the same exact character. Yeah. And they even get her eyebrows like as part of the character. And, and I'm completely okay with that. By yeah. the way. It's fantastic. It's amazing. But there's all these little moments with her. Like, I, uh, again, the music in this movie does so much to yeah. enhance the scenes, but also just the cinematography and the way they cut the, really like, well shot. The way the camera edited, moves. The way, yes. Both. And the editing. You get these little bits of like when the, when the folks are preparing to go find Ricky and heck in the woods, 
And she's teaching them how to snap necks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. just, and she keeps going between these like, no child left behind. And then like, this is how you snap a neck. Like, and that's her, right? Like both of those things. And I love when they, <laughs> they cut to the cop where he, he could give a shit. So he's been barely listening to anything probably, <laughs> but he's the one that's on TV saying, well, we have a reward fifth, you know, 10,000 yeah. uh, dead or alive. Oh, alive. no, it should probably be alive. alive. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> or the news anchors just looking at her talking about it, and they're like, what is wrong with this? Oh, oh it's amazing. She I is, love... Oh, no I love child it. left behind. No child left behind. When she, <laughs> she says it over and over and again. It, and, like, hug tackles Ricky at the end. I got the package. I got the package. <laughs> By the way, though, I, I do want to add, like, the, the car chase through the New Zealand military, all that's... That was just fun. Yeah, and good, absolutely. And, good yep. and you think about I like uh, it was fun. It was good. And it, I mean, we're not talking about like baby driver. Mm -hmm. No, no. Right. Amazing. But I'll put that up there with some of the stuff that's in like the Fast and the Furious movies. That's just so ridiculous in CGI. Like that was a fun yep. like little sequence. Completely unexpected. Absolutely. In, in a movie like this. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You totally never unexpected. you never think. I mean, Ricky driving that truck is great because you can see all of the, the like, teenageness of him um, and and the dog and the all of it. I love all of the pieces of, of him driving the truck. You well, never think that he's actually going to evade capture. Right. <laughs> you just get to be along for the ride. I mean, basically, Heck says, like, we may as well just see it out till the petrol petrol runs out right mm -hmm. <laughs> but then ricky's like we're gonna go down in a blaze of glory, glory. <laughs> bullets till we're out of bullets i, have wished no, they, I, do, out I of do wish i do wish they would have played bon jovi uh from <laughs> young guns, guns too right Blaze, yeah. yeah young guns too too many royalties more. the um any, any uh, other last thoughts what do yeah you well i just wanted to bring up the 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 moment of uh Zag the dog passing away mm. because I think that that scene is also another scene that builds between uh, Ricky and Heck, which is um, I, I forget how the scene starts, how the dogs start chasing the the dogs, the two I think dogs just drawn to the yeah, the two dogs start chasing hey, a giant wow. warthog, yeah. a giant one, um, and they get it like cornered. And it gores the Zag, the Hex dog. And Tupac chases it into the woods. And at that moment, it turns around and, is, and Heck... Oh, no. Heck jumps down. Mm -hmm. Which is another scene that like reminded me of, of Life Aquatic. Because you see... like The editing of this piece is really great. Because you see Heck make this sharp movement. And then it just zooms in on the knife real quick. And then he jumps like down off the bank onto the the animal's back and starts stabbing it. It runs away after the dog turns around and is coming right back at Heck, who is kind of like injured and he's laying there and Ricky takes a few shots and misses and then jumps down and gets between the the pig and Heck and shoots it and kills it. Um, and I think from that moment on, I don't think you have any question that Heck is like on board with Ricky. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we wrap up, though, we we have not is talked it, about the birthday scene. Is that dog dying scene? I, it's sad because then Heck shoots the dog. It's yes. a pretty sad scene. It's still not as sad as, even though it's not a good movie, 
I am legend, the dog passing away and yeah. I am legend is maybe the saddest dog Agreed. moment ever. Agreed. Oh, yeah. I, I really just thought you were going to talk about Louie getting hit by the car. Chances are in front of <laughs> Celeste. That's hilarious. That's that is if, one if, of the most. If Jim could never scenes. talk about chances are again for the rest of his life, he would be happy. Yeah. Wait till episode 200 when <laughs> we do it again. Um, Ricky Baker. Ricky oh, the song. Baker. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh huh. It's uh, to me. It, I don't. I don't know if I can say it's my favorite scene in the movie because I have a few favorites, but it is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I love the size of the keyboard that she is <laughs> it's, playing it's, on. It's like two octaves, maybe. She is a sturdy, a a large woman, tiny little keyboard, and she rocks that little baby yeah. keyboard. And his face, the he's joy, so, he's, he, everything, is, he melts, everything. The joy yeah. on that, that child's face, listening to Bella play an original song for his birthday with his name as the main words. And it's, it is, I think one of the best film moments ever. <laughs> <laughs> but you also ever, get, ever, but you also all time jumping right of all But time. you also get Heck sitting there so miserable yep. for life that he's like, this is... This is what my life has become. It's fantastic. It's like how I feel when the dog is like losing its in mind in our house. <laughs> and I'm singing songs to the dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, available Mickey on Mickey. currently available on Hulu and Netflix. Watch this movie. Yeah. A must watch. Uh, but here's our question. King of the Hill, bottom of the barrel. Is this film better than Judas and the Black Messiah or worse than Chris Monero's <laughs> The Rookie? <laughs> For me, no, it's in the middle. Yeah, still middle. I, I can't put it above Judas and the Black Messiah, but damn, it feels good. <laughs> it is a feel-good movie. It is such a feel-good movie. Got that- I will put it ahead of Judas and the Black Messiah. Really? Yep. Wow, you really don't I like that movie. I think you guys have overvalued Judas I will, and the Black I will re-watch yeah. Judas and the Black Messiah. And by the way, which I think was a really good movie. But I would I, love to. Let's rewatch it. Let's do it. Again, I'm Just going so based can... on which, which, if which to me, it's come down to. If you had to give me A or B, say Judas and Black Messiah, um, this movie right now, which one would I choose to watch? Yeah, but and that's not how I'm doing it. Yeah, I know. So each, each yeah, of us I'm still holding it as rationale. like what's the what's the better film? Mm. All right, all right, but I think we should rewatch just so that we yeah. keep like. You know, holding what we're comparing it against. Yeah. Okay, it's time for five okay. questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? All right, it's time for five questions, and this week Jim is going to ask Katie the questions. Number one, thumbs up or thumbs down? Haiku poems. Mm. I'll go thumbs up. <clears throat> they are easy to digest and therefore a good entry point into poetry. But good folks. ones are few and far between. Fair. Yes. Okay. Agreed. Ricky, uh, by the way, we should say amazing uh, haikus to start. We didn't we didn't really talk about that, okay. but Ricky, amazing. Ricky goes, he uses haikus to express his emotions mm-hmm. like uh, one of his counselors told him to. And the scene where he reads Wanka. the one about <laughs> Uncle Heck. Oh, so good. Is the best. And then also um, Uncle Heck writes one at the end. Me and this fat kid. <laughs> 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 so good. <laughs> 
Would you number two? Would you rather question? Would you rather listen to Tupac or Biggie? Okay, so in terms of music, I am most familiar with Biggie. Mm -hmm. I am more familiar with Tupac's poetry. Okay, <laughs> um, I enjoy. Yeah, Rose from the Concrete. His his book of poetry is excellent. Okay. Yep. Uh, number three. Hex said, "Rookie, uh, this is our fill in the blank." Hex said, "Ricky wouldn't last five minutes in the bush." You'd be able to last blank. Okay, so I think this depends on whether I'm alone or not. Am I with anyone or am I by myself? Who do you think would increase your chances and who would do you think would decrease? Am I chances? going with the characters from this movie? Say you were with me and Brian. Oh, dear Lord. I, I don't... Uh, First of I, all, I don't go to places that don't have cable. This so is, that, will decrease, not, that will decrease my chances. Yeah. All right. Me and Brian, would, the, me and Brian would not I, leave that hut. All if right. I cannot get the Criterion Channel on oh my, my God. iPad, I'm not. We can going. just move on. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say I can. I can survive 48 hours. Okay. 48 hours a, in the bush. A okay. Secondary question: What was the longest you ever survived in the bush in Schuylkill County? Four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I went to sleepaway camp for like an overnight, and I inhaled poison ivy from the. They put somebody put poison ivy in the campfire, yeah. and I breathed it in. I came home. Sounds I don't think awful. I made it through the night. I, it was inside of me. <laughs> what, wait, you died? Oh. Uh, what do you mean? You didn't no, make I, it through I, the I'm night. pretty sure my, my mom had to come to and life? pick me up. I didn't uh, even make oh, it. Oh, okay. I wasn't able to sleep through the gotcha, night gotcha. <laughs> in a cabin. I was like, wait, what do you mean you didn't make it through the night? I didn't make it through the night. I'm dead. Couldn't. She's um, dead. She's been dead for years. Our number four, our favorite question. Uh, what is your favorite Sam Neill movie? Uh, this, this is the one. This yeah. is it. Other than this, do you even know? No, I, I, we were, I was like, uh, oh, Jurassic he's Park. He's in some really good stuff. What else? Dead Calm. Haven't seen he's it. He's amazing. Event he Horizon. No, Haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, oh, another great I've got one. this and Jurassic Park. That's uh, what I got. Hunt for Red October. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yep. Still this. Yeah, he's, he's right. in a lot of great stuff. Number five, Deep Thoughts. If you had to be stuck in the bush with one of our children, who would it be? Yeah, obviously the little one. She doesn't, the little one does she doesn't not want to give walk any F, so that's true. She doesn't want to walk, but she would do anything to she save would, my life. I carried that bugs. girl all she, over Faneuil Hall in yeah, Boston. She didn't want to walk. She didn't want to walk. It was just like attached to me. It was like a koala. That's true. If yeah. we had to make, if we had to travel, if we had to cover ground for survival, then I'm taking the older one. But if it's a sort of like, we've got to like, dig in the dirt and like make things and you know kill mm -hmm. animals than the little one yeah depends depends on what i need mm -hmm. uh great all right uh does anybody have any recommendations anything new they mm -hmm. want to throw mayor there? of east town oh yeah mayor of east town's very we are good all in i started a again new on hbo max mm -hmm. which we love Sponsor on the show we will wear hbo max t-shirts mm -hmm. Where Katie's wearing a Criterion channel. Yes, I am. By the way, thank you, Criterion Bob. Criterion channel. We will we'll discuss you. We will talk we about you. you all the time. We love Stu, Stu Mac guitar stuff. We're wearing all yeah. kinds of things. We'll, we'll, we will Moat Mountain Brewing Company. Moat Mountain Brewing. Yeah. Anybody. <laughs> no ethics here. No morale. We will sell out to any person. I started a new video game, which I'm, which I really enjoy. Um, and it's it's a weird thing because it's a series that's been going on for almost 25 years, which is Resident Evil. Um, and I started with Resident Evil 7. I bought a bundle of Resident Evil, Evil 7 and 8, which are like a new departure for them. And it's 
it's really interesting. It's a good story, and I'm not into like horror games very often. But have and, you watched the movies? No, the movies have nothing really to do with the games, other than like a loose connection. <laughs> well, if you're interested in the movies, listen to our good friends Keenan and Tim, who yeah, have they, on uh, Pop Addle, who have done multiple episodes. They on did the every film. They did every ep- every. Why movie. they torture themselves? And they're the uh, that, I don't from know. what I've gathered. Those movies are extremely terrible. Yeah, horrible. But um, Mila Jova- Jovovich is in each one. I think yes. Well, if you want to watch that, what's the one with Bruce Willis? Watch a good one. Uh, oh, God, the it's... Fifth Element. Yeah, The Fifth Element. Just yeah. watch that and don't watch Resident Evil. My recommendations are two movies that we've done on this show. Uh, my students' AP exam is over, and we usually do a movie after it because they're doing other APs the rest of the week. One class picked Little Women, yes. which I could watch probably every week. So many times. I think. It's a good every movie. Week, maybe. God, it's so good. Every time I watch it, I think it actually gets better than the last time yes. I've watched it. Three Amazing. times in the theater. Three times in the um, and theater. then, of course, 2001 Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. uh, which many of them were just kind of confused with. But no, I was okay. going to ask if they fell asleep. No, they didn't Katie fall asleep. Falls, you fell asleep. asleep. I did not fall asleep. To be asleep. fair, Katie falls asleep during a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, and my Criterion um, recommendation of the week is Dawson City Frozen Time, which is a documentary about how they found all the silent films in Yukon, Canada. Michelle uh, Williams. No. That's I- <laughs> so that would have been kind of interesting if they showed up. That would have been one of the all-time great twists. It would have been all the great twists. <laughs> Um, remember to like, share, subscribe, review, listen to our other podcast, the shit show, a shit's Creek podcast. You might be saying like, these people must be making so much money on their podcast. They just, no one's saying that we are still, there are dozens of us. We are running a deficit. Just no profit. I think people are saying these people must really enjoy doing this. Yeah. And that is true. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And that that's it. Nothing All else. Right. All done. Hey, thanks on, for joining us, commenters. Yep. Uh, enjoy the rest of whatever you're doing right now. Watch this movie. And watch this movie. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.